Well, it is Therapy Thursdays and it's always my pleasure to welcome Tony Knight, our resident psychotherapist, back to the juice. Good afternoon, Tony. How are you? Hi, Louise. I am terrific. How about you? I'm going well. Uh, you know, we're hurtling towards Christmas with at a rate of knots, uh, but so far uh, my little duck legs are paddling under the water and everything looks smooth on the top, so um, I'm hoping to have my shopping done by the end of this week. That's my goal. So... You know, I'll feel a lot better. Well done, you. Yeah. Well done, you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, today we're talking about something that uh, a lot of people actually experience in their life. And we do need to start with a trigger warning on this one, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to talk about trauma today. And it's an important topic because it affects many more people than perhaps anyone would realize. And I'll explain why. But If any of your listeners, Louise, are feeling, you know, a bit bit vulnerable, perhaps not at their best, uh, and they don't want to hear about trauma, this might not be a good time for them to listen. But, you know, they could look at doing that at a later time. Yeah, sure. Um, So just take that into account. We're not going to be talking about anything too personal, but sometimes just talking about trauma itself can be triggering. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for that warning. So if that is speaking to you, you can tune back in for the next hour of the juice after one o'clock. But for this hour, we're delving in, aren't we? So, uh, mm-hmm. okay, what is trauma, Tony? So when we talk about trauma, from my perspective, we're talking about emotional or psychological trauma. Mm. And that is that experience of having your sense of security shattered by some kind of event. And, you know, in general, people who experience trauma experience a sense of fear and helplessness. So, you know, more specifically, um, the symptoms can be things like, you know, shock, denial, you know, confusion, angry, anger, Uh, irritability, mood swings, anxiety, guilt, as you can see, a whole range of very negative emotions. Um, And that can look like um, withdrawing from others, you know, disconnection, numbness, feeling numbness, Um, and and a lot of physical symptoms as well, like um, not sleeping well, having nightmares, experiencing flashbacks, which is when you feel like you're re-experiencing the event from the past but in the here and now. It feels exactly like it's happening again. Um, you know, being tired, easily startled, and all these symptoms of anxiety like, you know, edginess, racing heartbeat, muscle tension, you know, those kinds of things as well. So, you know, a pretty unpleasant experience. Yeah, mm. for sure. understand that. Now, <clears throat> how might we experience trauma? I mean, obviously, there's the obvious things. So, you know, uh, a car accident or, uh, uh, mm. you know, being mugged or, you know, those are those are, are, are traumas that, that obviously um, – or, you know, we, we talk about PTSD when you're talking about flashbacks. Um, you know, if you were in a war zone, those are obviously mm-hmm. um, quite obvious traumas, but there's a bit more to it, isn't there? Yeah, there's, there's a lot more to it. And that's right. When we talk about traumatic events, we do tend to think about kind of single incident events, and they certainly can be very traumatic. Uh, but trauma can also be caused by things that might not seem to be quite as um, 
earth-shattering as those, but nevertheless can be very shattering for the person's experience it. Yeah. You know, and some of the more unusual causes of trauma, but, but still significant in numbers, can be things like surgery. It can be things like breakups in relationships, you know, experiencing humiliation. Those kinds of things can cause trauma as well. And, of course, so can ongoing multi-event situations cause trauma. So thinking about child abuse or neglect, thinking about domestic violence, um, you know, ongoing situations um, cause trauma as Mm. well. And so I guess, you know, if you're asking yourself what's traumatic and what's not, it's really in the eye of the beholder. Yes. It depends on the experience of the person having it. Yeah, for sure, Mm. for sure. And I think that uh, in a lot of cases, so particularly with that last list that you ran through, I really think that people think that trauma is those single events. They don't actually Mm. see um, the the compound effects of uh, something that is, um, you know, small events over a long period of time that can add up to a big trauma. Absolutely, that's right. And, in fact, Um, What the experts know is that uh, if you've experienced trauma in the past, uh, you're more likely to be traumatised the next time around as well Mm. because, as you rightly implied, that impact is cumulative or it can be anyway. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, and even things like operations and that sort of thing, I I think that we downplay them. You know, when we're physically okay after the operation, we go, oh, yes, okay, well, sailed through that. But the, you know, the the head game that you have going into that operation and, um, you know, and the, and the struggle that you may have had coming out of the operation isn't to be sneezed at. It's, um, you know, it's, it's important that we recognise these things as being, you know, really big events that, you know, cause upheaval and as a result as well trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. And, um, in fact, um, you, you mentioned something important there that, you know, it can be very significant and we can feel quite traumatised at the time. The good news is that over time, most people will naturally heal from trauma, you know, and so it's it's some experts can predict which people are more likely to, um, but, you know, most people will heal from trauma over time. And so um, it's going to depend a lot on how many times a person's been traumatised, the nature of the trauma itself, personality characteristics and so on. Um, So that's the good news. Most people do heal from trauma. There are a small percentage of people under some circumstances, though, who over time the trauma either doesn't abate or it can get worse. Mm. And some of those people will be diagnosed with a condition called post-traumatic stress disorder or known as PTSD. Mm, yes. Mm. Yeah. And that's, I guess, when your body thinks that you're back in that situation. So you go back into that fight or flight, that panic, that reactiveness, mm-hmm. you know, all of all yeah. of those sort of things, um, you know, when you're dealing with that same event or person um, that caused the trauma in the first that's place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so it can, you know, depending on the nature um, of those triggers that, that cause flashbacks and nightmares, it can be very debilitating. Um, and so, you know, um, people can be 
quite withdrawn and want to, you know, avoid people, places and things that remind them of the trauma. Sometimes people will also um, avoid the feeling by taking up drugs and alcohol, which, of course, is understandable but really unhelpful. Um, and um, people can experience nightmares so that they don't sleep well. In other words, yeah, PTSD can be a very debilitating condition. But the good news is that PTSD is also treatable because we have some great therapies now. Yeah, we're back with our resident psychotherapist, Tony Knight, here on The Juice. And today we have been talking about trauma and what that might look like. So in the first segment that we did, Tony and I talked about Big traumas like things like accidents or operations or uh, being in a war zone, those are obvious traumas, but there is also traumas that can be cumulative, uh, small things that happen over a period of time that can cause a trauma response in our bodies. And I'm excited to dive in because, Tony, as horrible as trauma is, there are some real advances in um, therapies and ways to cope with this. It's not something that you have to sit in and just accept that this is going to be the rest of your life in in that um, horrible tra- traumatised state that when it comes back to you. Absolutely right, Louise. Um, you know, trauma therapies uh, have advanced significantly since the early days and there's a lot people can do. So if any of your listeners are out there and they're experiencing trauma and feeling that fear and helplessness that comes with it, you know, it's important to go to your doctor, your general practitioner, get a referral to a psychologist um, who can start to help them uh, to reprocess the the trauma. Mm. But, you know, short of that, there are things that people can do in the short term as well. And, you know, they seem like obvious things, but they're really, really worth mentioning because when you're in a you know, a state of, um, you know, feeling fear and threat, the obvious isn't always obvious to us anymore. Mm. And so the obvious things that I'm talking about, the self-care that I'm talking about, if you've experienced trauma, are the physical and the mental things. So the physical things, the two most important physical things you can do to help yourself um, if you're experiencing trauma are exercise, movement, and sleep. Now, nutrition is important too, but exercise we know has a powerful antidepressant effect, and that's true for everybody. The additional thing that exercise does for people with trauma is it helps them to siphon off that kind of, you know, agitated, restless energy that people can experience with anxiety and with trauma. Uh, And so exercise is really important. And I would say that if you're going to start exercising, Check with your doctor if you have any reason to think that it could impact a, a chronic condition or any other condition you have and start small. Even small amounts of exercise are helpful uh, and it's important to establish a habit and then grow it. So don't start too hard. Um, sleep is an obvious one, isn't it? You know, yeah. it, it is going to pay to invest um, your attention and your energy in making sure that you're sleeping well. And the good news is, again, there's plenty that you can do there to improve your sleep around sleep hygiene, around sleep practices at night, things to, you know, increase your chances of having good sleep because when you have a good night's sleep, it reduces the signs and symptoms of anxiety uh, and just helps you to cope better and it promotes healing. So really, really important things. On the emotional front, Okay, um, and this is 
going to be important for people who know someone with trauma, who support someone who is experiencing trauma. And that is to recognise that, you know, trauma symptoms are, can be unusual and distressing and disturbing, but they are normal responses to abnormal situations. Mm. And so I would encourage people with trauma and also people who are supporting them to allow all the various feelings and reactions to be there because as distressing as they are, they are normal and natural. And to try to suppress them, you know, as I said, with alcohol and drugs or to deny that they're there or to try to pretend that they're not there uh, is going to simply add another layer of suffering to the pain that's already there. It's just never useful. Carers are going to have to be extremely patient um, and also recognise too that often, not always, but often talking about the trauma does not help. Mm. It's, a, it's one of those things that, you know, we assume that people need to talk about it in order to feel better. Now, that might be true for some people, but in my experience, the exact opposite is, is true. Yes. What people with trauma want is certainly um, support. So, you know, there is going to be a temptation for people with trauma to isolate themselves. One of the worst things you can do. Emotional and social support is really important. So that's being around people and possibly even looking at additional things like support groups or volunteering to just stay connected in. Mm. But that's about establishing connection and getting on with life. It doesn't need talking about the trauma itself. And I would never do that unless someone really, really wanted to do it because it can actually have the opposite effect of re-traumatising someone. Yes, definitely, yep. And so don't encourage people to talk about the trauma. It's, it's usually unnecessary and can be quite unhelpful. Um, people may want practical support with things. Um, helping people to relax. And so finding, you know, sources of relaxation, and this is true for people experiencing Uh, trauma especially, is to find those things that are going to help them to, you know, what I would call re-regulate emotionally. Mm. So we did talk in a previous episode about how to deal with feelings. That usually starts with doing the opposite of what panic looks like. So that's about slowing down the breathing, slowing down the body, you know, and then, you know, starting to, when you're ready, start to do the practical things that are necessary in order to help deal with that feeling. Yeah. So all those things are important. And then, of course, for a minority of people who've experienced trauma, therapy is going to be useful. Yeah. Mm. A minority. That's interesting. It is, yeah. Look, for for most people, um, recovery from trauma is the norm. It's to be expected, particularly, I have to say, for single incident traumas that may not be, you know, too impactful. Again, you can never tell, Mm. but the truth is only minority people that experience trauma need therapy. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. mm, Yeah. So so what are those um, traumas, uh, those therapies? Well, I'm not going to go into them in detail except for one that I want to highlight. Um, they fall into kind of three main categories, I think. Yeah. Um, one of the, the first group would be what I call somatic therapies, which are body-based therapies, because it's true that, you know, trauma is stored in the body and the brain. Uh, and so working with the body can be particularly effective. Um, so somatic experiencing and a few others like that uh, can be quite helpful for people. 
Then there's the, the cognitive therapies. So there are cognitive therapies, especially uh, for trauma. Um, and the other group are, um, the, I guess, the newer wave ones that are like uh, sort of, you know, reprocessing at, at the brain level. And the most well-known one is EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's a very unusual therapy. And when people first come across it, they might think that's never going to work. Yeah. It's strange, but research has shown time and time again that EMDR is effective. Uh, and, you know, it, it is, it is. Not for everybody. I think it's important to point out that there's no one trauma therapy that it's going to be good for everybody. Mm. Um, and so even if you've had trauma therapy before and it wasn't effective or it wasn't helpful, I would still urge people to try again, perhaps for mm. something else. Yeah. And one of the things I'm going to suggest is um, a trauma therapy that I've been using and that I'm finding incredibly good is called TRTP. Mm, okay. I'm excited to dive into this. TRTP. So tell us all about that. So TRTP stands for the Richards Trauma Process. This was created um I think a couple of decades ago by Judith Richards, who is an Australian, still alive and doing very, very well up in Queensland. Uh, Judith herself has a fascinating life story, which I only know some of, um, but she experienced a lot of trauma, far more than most people will ever experience. Judith went from being a survivor of trauma to working out how to deal with it for herself and her son. Right. And then became a trauma therapist herself based on what she devised and was having so much success with so many clients that she was, she was compelled at, at their request, at her clients' requests, to teach others this therapy. Mm. And so it's kind of evolved that way. And I've been using it and, as I said, very, very effective. It's fairly new. Uh, it has had some initial research um, on its effectiveness, which is showing a great deal of promise, and they're about to undergo some sort of larger-scale um, trials of um, TRTP. So what is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it is based on um, speaking to the subconscious in the language of the subconscious. Now, why is that important? Mm. Because trauma is stored in the subconscious mind. And when I say subconscious, I mean the part of our mind that we're not usually aware of. Most of what runs our body um, in, our, in our brain is, in fact, below the level of our awareness. Yes. We're not aware of all the electrical chemical, hormonal reactions in our body that keep us alive, but obviously they're happening and they're happening subconsciously. Of course. And that's where trauma lives as well. Right. Subconsciously. On the same level as like a heartbeat or your breathing yeah. or you know, all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And it's interesting that you say heartbeat and breathing because obviously we do have some conscious awareness of some things that are going on in our body. Conscious awareness, you know, it's not much, maybe 5 or 10% of what's going on in our brain we might be conscious of. Um, and sometimes we're aware of our heartbeat, sometimes we're aware of our breathing, mostly not. Yeah. Sometimes we're aware of the impacts of our trauma, mm. but quite often we're not. It's running in the background, but it is having a significant impact on our beliefs, 
our feelings and our behaviours. Mm. And that's a problem. Yes. And so TRTP uses the language of the subconscious, which is why it's so effective. And the language of the subconscious is the imagination. And so Judith developed a process called dynamic reimagining, fancy schmancy term, yeah. um, for being able to talk to the subconscious in a way that promotes change and healing, which it does. Now, the great thing about it is that TRTP is fast. So um, a typical course of TRTP is three sessions, wow. often wow. over two weeks. And sometimes you can do like a review fourth session. Um, some people opt for the fourth session, many don't, just depends. So it's fast. The other thing, and perhaps the greatest thing of all about this type, this, this trauma therapy is its safety. Yes. So TRTP does not involve talking about the trauma. All right. Obviously, the therapist needs to know the events themselves in order to be able to deal with them. However, after labelling the events, that's it. The yeah. client does not need to talk about what happened. And, in fact, with this dynamic reimagining, that's not reimagining what happened, okay? It's creating a new scenario, a more empowering scenario because, as they say in TRTP, okay, healing is about moving to a more empowered state with regard to the trauma and also the body at bodily and subconscious level, the person needs to know that the events are over. Yes. And that they're safe. Yes. And that's, that's, the, that's the problem with trauma is that it feels like it's an ever-present threat Absolutely. You know, when someone doesn't heal. Yeah. And so this puts trauma into the past. Um, and so because as we know, um, well, some people know, um, what happens when you experience anxiety and particularly trauma is that your body produces a lot of stress hormones. Yes. And those stress hormones in sufficient quantities will interfere with your memory, which means that uh, some events are not stored properly, mm. okay? And if they're not stored properly, they don't feel like the past. Yes. They're, they're still in your brain, in that subconscious part of our brain that we're not aware of all, most of the time. They're still running, but when we do become aware of it, they're like present tense because they're not stored properly. And so like EMDR, for example, what TRTP does is that it helps the person to store it properly. So the person still remembers the traumatic event, but it no longer has the same significantly traumatic impact that it used to have. The emotional charge around it yes. just dis dissipates. Absolutely. Yes. And that's and that's the thing with trauma, isn't it? That when it's reactivated, I guess, whether it's they come back into contact with that event or that person or, you know, that that the body thinks they're back in that yeah. event and, um, yeah. you know, so you get brain freeze and you, and you sweat and, you, you know, like all of that sort of thing. So being able to, I guess, with the memory, if I was to put it a certain way, is that, you know, the memory, the memory is real, the memory happened, but that you have yep. power over the feelings of trauma around that as opposed to those feelings running you. 
Yeah, exactly right. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really well put, Louise. It's the 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 memory's still there, and it's never going to be a good memory. Yeah, but you're back in charge again. Okay, so the the unconscious core beliefs around trauma, and those are beliefs around sort of feeling like you're not enough anymore, that you you can't cope, that you know this world is a dangerous place, and I I don't have what it takes to deal with it anymore. Those kinds of unconscious core beliefs tend to also dissipate when the memory becomes a distant memory and not a current one. Mm. And that and that frees the person to be able to deal with what's going on in the here and now, to be present in the here and now, and also to be able to now deal with any of the other, um, I guess, issues that have arisen out of the trauma. Mm. So that might mean, you know, being able to learn how to be social, you know, to socialise better, you know, or to develop good habits, you know, because those blockages, those barriers, if you like, to doing those things are gone. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. I'm not, and I'm not saying it's for everybody all the time. Yeah. You certainly have to be very willing to undertake TRTP, mm. uh, but I think that's probably true for any therapy. It certainly is. But, yeah, I can see that um, you really have to have an investment in processing that trauma. Um, I know that we've, yeah. we've touched on it, you know, that, um, you know, there are, in a weird way, some benefits to um, to having that trauma and and still hanging on to it. Uh, so you know, not not good benefits, but <laughs> in terms of yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah. it still serves people to to an extent. So you, re- if you want to do this therapy, you've got to be like, I'm over this. I I want to move past it. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Uh, and come yeah. into it with that mindset, so that um, you can really mm-hmm. benefit from it. Yeah. Absolutely. And if people are at that stage and they want to do that, I would urge them to take the next steps because, you know, trauma therapies have come so far now that I don't believe that many people, if anyone at all, really needs to live with, um, you know, high degrees of trauma. Absolutely. Tony, this has been an absolute revelation. I've, um, you know, I'm I've been so interested and riveted in um, the the amazing advances in in trauma therapy, and uh, you know TRTP sounds incredible. And you mm-hmm. you yourself have got a lot out of working with people on this therapy and seeing the amazing results. Uh, so yeah, mm. it's um, it's it has an exciting future. It mm. certainly does, yeah. And if you wanted to know more about that, you can reach out to Tony Knight. You can find her. Just a quick Google search will bring her up. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> yes, and uh, and she can talk you through it. You have been listening to Tony Knight, our resident psychotherapist, here on the Juice.